Did you see some of these stats from Dusty Baker? Dusty Baker won his 2000th game last night. 12th manager in MLB history with 2,000 career managerial wins. There's a few moments where I'll, I'll have to think about it. I'm like, wait, Dusty Baker? Where does he even manage anymore? Um, Andrew Simon threw this out because I don't, I don't have baseball in the top five stories of the day. Sorry. I have OU baseball, but I don't have Major League Baseball. When Dusty Baker debuted in the bigs as a player in 1968, I believe, hold on, I believe he was a Dodger when he broke into the league. And I also believe that at some point I will call him Dusty Rhodes because it's just how I roll. No, he actually debuted with the Atlanta Braves. 1968. He pinch hit for a Hall of Famer in Phil Necro. Hank Aaron was in the lineup. Joe Torrey was in the lineup as a player. Also, Felipe Alou, who later succeeded him as the San Francisco manager, was there. So was Tito Francona, the father of Terry Francona, who, by the way, is 208 wins away from 2,000 career wins. Here's a good trivia question for you. Go ahead. On April 8th, 1974, Dusty Baker was on deck when Hank Aaron hit home run 715 huh. to pass Babe Ruth in career home runs. Gosh. How many how many baseball historians would have known that? Who was on deck behind Hank Aaron? That's a great question. I do know that in the 1985 playoffs, whenever Jack Clark hit the home run to beat the Dodgers off of Tom Nienfuhr, that Andy Van Slyke was on deck. Anyway, um, when Dusty managed his first game and won it in 1993 – Dude, he's had some runs now. I mean, he was the manager of the Giants from 93 to 02. He was with the Reds from 2008 to 2013. And he was with the Cubs for, what, three, four, five, three seasons? But when he managed and won his first game in 93, the opposing manager was Joe Torre in St. Louis. And two of the four hitters in his lineup were Matt Williams, who was the manager before him whenever he was with the Washington Nationals, and Davey Martinez, who is now the manager of the Washington Nationals and succeeded him. Congratulations, Dusty Baker. Uh, T.J. Perry, not a fan. Not a fan of Dusty Baker. Right, who is T.J. really a fan of that's – you know, not a Ranger That's or a, good point. a Dallas Maverick. That's I, a good point. You know, there's some – seems like there's some Rangers and – You don't like it right now either. Mavericks and Dallas Cowboys he's not a big fan of either. Hey, and, and while we're at it here real quick, off the top, before we hit the top five stories of the day, congratulations to the Norman North Timberwolves and the Norman Tigers for advancing in the soccer state playoffs. Norman North Timberwolves – Plural, both girls and boys won last night. 4-0 for the Norman North girls, 3-0 uh, for the Norman North boys. And that was the same score that Norman beat Westmore by. So, Crosstown Clash on Friday. NormanSports.tv. Is, Tra- is Trevor going to come on with us to promote it? You know, he wanted to hop on yesterday at the end of the show to, to preview last night's contest. I thought he was going to call in, but I don't think he ever did. Trevor- we kind of went long that segment before. 
What you mean? Whenever we took our tw- our, our fifteen break at twenty eight, <laughs> us come on. All right, let's hit the top five stories today in Hour 3, which is brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated for 30 years, call Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs. Big story number five. Number five. All right, we had some drama last night in the showdown between the Warriors and the Grizz. First of all, John Morant is insanely talented, but we all knew that. Fourth quarter, Ja. To the right wing, Bain didn't shoot it. Back to Morant, seven on the shot clock. Morant working at Thompson. Step back, straightaway three. Bring it up. Put three on the board. And then there was the dagger. Morant working at Wiggins. Into the lane, got bumped. Floats it up. Floats it in. The Memphis guys are a little bit more excited than they were in the uh, final play that we brought you from Sunday's game. Well, I mean, this thing could very easily be two up Memphis. But, of course, hey, they had to get even. Couldn't afford to go down 0-2. I still think the Warriors are winning this series. I do too. I just think top to bottom they're better, though. John Morant, I mean, what he's doing, man, I I got no problem with you. If you sit here and say, in fact, I think he is. He's the best player in this series. Right now, today, where we sit, where we stand, John Morant is unbelievable. He's out of this world how good he is. Meanwhile, also last night, Boston evened up its series. Tatum shovels it to the far corner. Horford drives on Lopez in the paint. Pump fake, kick out. Pritchard touches it to the corner. Grant Williams going to drive to Ross to the open. Jalen Brown, three in the air. Oh, Got it. Man, they are passing that rock so good. Somebody give me some of that pie to get him out. <laughs> Wait, what did he say at the end? I, did Somebody give me that pie? Pie that they're handing out. Celtics won 109-86. The Grizzlies held on late to win 106-101. Uh, Tonight you have two games in the 76ers Heat Series. Well, you have one game. They're not playing two games. So you, got only. you have two games. 76ers Heat, game two. Joel Embiid still out. That's at 630 on TNT in the tonight at night. Mavericks at Suns. Suns lead that series one game to none. But nobody's talking about the games. All we're talking about is two things from last night. Number one, apparently this code that was broken whenever Dylan Brooks was booted from the game last night. Here was one Steve Kerr afterwards. Wait, hold on. Uh, where did my Steve Kerr cut go? Oh, here we go. Your reaction to the, the uh, flagrant foul on Peyton, and do you think that was intentional to try to hurt him? I don't know if it was intentional, but it, it, it was dirty. And, um, <clears throat> you know, Playoff basketball is going to, it's supposed to be physical. You know, everybody's going to compete. Everybody's going to fight for everything. But there's a code in this league. There's a code that players follow um, where you, you never put a guy's season slash career in jeopardy by taking somebody out in midair and clubbing him across the head and ultimately fracturing Gary's elbow. This is a guy who's been toiling the last six years trying to make it in this league um finally found a home just you know playing his butt off this year um in the playoffs you know this should be the time of of his life and uh a guy comes in and whacks him across the head in midair he broke the coat dylan brooks broke the coat that's how i see it so quick quick sidebar I don't need a dude who has had Zaza Pachula and Draymond Green tell me about codes. Bro, you got the dirtiest player in the game on your roster. It was a dirty play last night. 
um, in how it was executed. Nobody went into it wanting to break his elbow. No. I mean. Hey, you know, a good hard playoff foul. It's a playoff basketball game. I mean. I hate to say it. 9.5 out of 10 times a dude after a foul like that pops up and we get a little scrum and people are pulled across. He's landed wrong. Couple of thoughts. Go ahead. I've got no problem with Steve Kerr defending his guy. Absolutely. It's your job. As the head coach, I mean, look, he's got to go to bat for his player. You're correct. It comes from, you know, sounds a little hollow when Draymond Green has been playing for you for X amount of years, taking cheap shots on players left and right. Seems like Draymond's gotten a little bit better about that here these last couple of seasons, but generally speaking, he was one of the worst artists for cheap shots and dirty plays in the the whole association. So, I mean, come on. Don't act like this is (laughs) the first time that maybe something a little dirty has happened in a playoff game. And then lastly, you know, I mean, yeah, was it a basketball play? No, not really, but... 20, 30 years ago, that's a good hard playoff foul. 20, 30 years ago, the dude has just sat on the bench for a couple plays and he's back in. And they're rubbing some dirt on Dylan Brooks. Get back in the game, Dylan Brooks! Uh, The other big story is Draymond Green telling us that he's rich, which is kind of funny to me. Because all I ever get told is I'm not supposed to talk about athletes and the amount of money that they make. That shouldn't matter. But then immediately, a reaction is met with, I'm rich, find me. Yeah, it's funny, but you you wonder why we have problems with people versus players because of smarmy a-holes like that. I'm not saying shut up and dribble. Be who you are. If you're that guy, be him. But don't expect people not to celebrate when you get your head knocked off. It's part of sports. And is everyone that was so outraged over Kyrie Irving and his middle finger, how we doing today with Draymond Green and the way he left the court last night, huh? We good? All right. Um, listen, I got to hustle here. Big story number four. Number four. Uh, we did have some news in the NFL yesterday where everyone is so mad at Ryan Tannehill because Ryan Tannehill had the audacity to say the quiet part out loud. We're competing against each other. We're uh, you know watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but you know if he learns, learns from me along the way, then, then that's a great thing. I have no problem with that. I, he didn't say he's not going to teach him things. He just said, listen, it's not my job to mentor this guy. No, my job is to win football games. Well, try and be the starting quarterback for this team and be the best player that I can be. It, it probably, you know, I don't know. If it was the right answer, I think it's up for debate. Yeah, I just I don't have a problem with it. And, and may, someone brought up last night when we were talking about this, when you have that, when you have that mindset, you automatically have kind of sounded an alarm to teams. Well, first of all, he's not going anywhere this year. I mean, he's 35 mil against the cap or something ridiculous like that for, for Tennessee. It might be more than that. So he's like, hey, I'm going to go out and try to – I think the part that kind of shocked me was him being open and honest about, hey, I need a therapy after a loss. So, oof. I, no, good for him, man. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I, I'm that's with great. you a thousand percent. That's awesome. I don't know how many people view it that way, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, well, that's a you that's, know that's a you statement problem. on society. I think it's okay to, you know, have thrown three picks and 
that bothered you, right? Yeah. And, and I don't think, you know, the fact that he went to therapy is any sort of indication that all of a sudden he's he's not tough enough to play in the National Football League. He has proven his toughness over and over again. Now, his quality as a quarterback, sure, we can debate that. But, you know, trying to break down the man's character because he went to therapy, I think, is I, I, I totally hope, weak. I hope that's not something that takes place. But I fear, knowing knowing you people like I feel like I know, it's it's going to end up being Not our listeners. We're no, talking no, no. about the, the other listeners the out national, there. The national media. Not you guys. One other note from the NFL yesterday. John Lynch gave us a little bit of clarification with Debo Samuel. We're trying really hard with Debo to work through, um, you know, whatever the issues might be. And I always have really believed that there is a, a sacredness to those conversations remaining sure. private, especially when things are, you know, like this. And so I think it's in everyone's best interest we, we don't get into that. I don't think they're insurmountable. I think we can we can find a way to, to resolution, and, and, and we're hopeful for that because – I mean, we know what he's been to this organization, 36 pick in 2019, and he's been so good on and off the field and, you know, obviously a tremendous player. So he makes us better. I think we make him better, and we're hopeful that uh, we get everything right and that uh, we're rolling forward. Still seems like there's some possibilities that he's not a Niner. That'll be interesting to follow. All right, um, big story number three. Number three. Tough one last night for the OU baseball team as they fall on the road to Dallas Baptist 10-1. Sooners had a run in the seventh inning, but unfortunately in a in a big-time RPI game, Sooners struggled a bit. It's been, boy, that, that trip, man. Something about that trip. Here was Toby with Skip afterwards. Yeah, Coach Johnson now on the field. Skip, your thoughts on tonight's game. Well, they got the hits and men in scoring position. We didn't, and that's really the simplest thing you can say. I mean, there's probably six or seven infield hits, and and you can't do that, and, it, and it's one of those deals. Thoughts on the guys that threw on the mound today? Yeah, I mean, Lotus was okay. Uh, um, Andrews was okay. Uh, Campbell was good. Uh, even Sunloft was good for, you know, the, the little bit he got in there, and uh, um, Keegan was good. I mean, it was like unfortunate luck, and – and uh, uh, it happens. There you go. Sooners will try to bounce back this weekend, though. You know, they've they've done a good job after having a maybe a rough midweek game of having a good weekend. Won two of three from Kansas State after losing a, a midweek to ORU. And now you got a pretty massive weekend coming up whenever you're traveling to Fort Worth to take on TCU. What did last night do for their RPI? Dropped him six spots. So, you know, not good, but not totally punitive. I, I saw one. I don't know whom you consider to be the foremost connoisseur of bracketology for baseball, but they did have Oklahoma as a two seed in one of the different updates I saw last night. So that's that's good, right? I mean. I would imagine probably – Probably not after last Probably night. Probably drop back down to a three. But, hey, I mean, I don't think right now they're in really serious danger of missing the tournament. And last night, that loss doesn't put them in that category mm-hmm. either. They just got to take care of business, be 500, a little over 500 these final series, and they're going to be in, man. Unbelievable. RPI looks good. 36 is a really good number for the RPI. 
Big story number two. Number two. Sticking with Diamond Sports, the countdown is on. We are, we're here, baby. Bedlam. Remember, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, first pitch for OU OSU softball on ESPN. I'll be on there with a 645 pregame show. Have you, um, have you taken a look at the softball RPI? No, I have not, but I, I, I want can you, do that with I want you, you right to now. do it on the air, and I want to get your reaction live. Oklahoma 45 and 1 on the season. Their only loss to Texas on the road. Virginia Tech number 1 and they're number 2. Oklahoma in the RPI. <laughs> what yeah. are we doing? Um well they've, you know, obviously, you know, Florida State's number 3 and UCLA 4, Bama 5. Those teams, I mean, basically what that's saying is they played a better schedule. Antiquated, man. RPI is so antiquated in this sport. Um, in the top ten, you have three ACC schools this year. Virginia Tech is obviously really good. They've got a good staff. Florida State's pretty good, and uh, Clemson is right there. And, oh, by the way, Duke is looming as well. So they got four teams in the top 11. There's one reason. SEC only has three in the top nine right now. Here's something to think about. Bedlam. Go ahead. Versus Oklahoma State. You might know that this is coming up beginning on Thursday. Oklahoma State number eight in the RPI. So sweep this series, and I think good chance Oklahoma's right back to number one. Do, do you know what else is possible here? You look at these schools. Virginia Tech, Oklahoma, Florida State, UCLA, Alabama, Arkansas, Northwestern. And then Oklahoma State in the top eight. You look at nine through about 14, Florida, Clemson, Duke, Washington, Tennessee, Arizona State. I mean, even dumping down uh, to 15 and 16 with Texas and Oregon. Oklahoma State might be playing to stay in that top eight this weekend. I don't know how Joey feels, and we're going to talk to him tomorrow on the show. But, I mean, there's going to be something to be said about if, if Florida is able to make a run here late. And if they have a good run in the SEC tournament, um, there's going to be something to be said as far as the RPI is concerned. Listen, Duke doesn't have the greatest facilities, but if if they take care of business here, I mean, Florida's got a big one tonight against Florida State. If they win that game, dude, that's going to pop them up a bit. And the top eight is a big deal because if you're in that top eight, you're in position to host your own Super Regional. And I think Oklahoma State's been in that position the last two years. But you lose three to Oklahoma, I don't care that they're the number two team in the RPI right now, you're going to drop a bit. So Oklahoma State has a really nice um, series win over Texas. In fact, they swept it. And Oklahoma's number one priority is they've got to win conference. But you have to know in the back of Oklahoma State's mind, they realize this might be a battle to be – in position, host your own Super Regional, based on how the RPI looks right sure. now. Sure. Yeah. No, it's pivotal for them. Florida's coming off a series win over LSU. Florida State this weekend, and they get essentially you know, a bye heading into the SEC tournament. Though, Florida Gulf Coast is pretty good and has a few nice wins this year, including one over Texas. We had Grace Lyons on. That'll be up on the podcast coming up here in just a bit. And that gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Bob Stoops talked about the need for change in the NCAA yesterday right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. The 
NCAA is talking about doing something with having more, what's the best way to put it, oversight on NIL and the collectives. Gene Smith had some interesting things to say yesterday. Is this all telling us what we want to hear, or is change a coming? Also, Xavier Worthy reaffirmed his commitment to Texas. And by commitment, I mean he's not entering the transfer portal. Well, Jordan Addison did indeed enter the portal. Change is coming, by the way. There's enough. When when you read the number 200 administrators, people are so hacked off right now, man. They're not going to let this continue to fly. They're not. No. Quick break. It's 11.23 on the Plank Show. We'll talk more about what Gene Smith had to say yesterday next. It's funny because now I'm waking up. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's go. We got 30 minutes left of the show. I'm trying to um, I'm trying to figure out what the next step is, right? What, what's, what's the next step? Where does this conversation go from here? Everyone seems to have ideas. Gene Smith, the Ohio State Athletic Director, proposed yesterday that the 10 FBS conferences operate under the umbrella of the college football playoff with their own rules and structure while the NCAA continues to host championships for basketball and Olympic sports. Which, if, if you've kind of paid attention, that in a roundabout way is what the NCAA is proposing, right? With the Was it last week at this time, whenever the re- report came with the, the rule changes, the coaches, and... The, the conferences being in charge. The problem is, I again, I know Gene Smith is just, quote-unquote, throwing ideas out in an interview with ESPN. But I think you reach a point where you... I think you reach a point where you realize, I don't think the 10 FBS conferences are all playing with the same deck of cards right now. But if you want to try to throw the AAC in there with... What? Who else would be in there? The the MAC, the MEAC, or whatever other conferences, the Sun Belt. Okay, that'd be interesting. Quote, we can create our own rules, create our own governance structure, have our own enforcement, we have our own requirements, whatever that might be. That might be in the medical space, for example. If a student athlete is injured and hurt in his or her senior year, you take care of them when they're done until they're healed. And we have the funding in place to do that. You don't touch anything else with the NCAA. You keep academic requirements in place. But the reality is those schools who offer 85 scholarships in football have made a different commitment, and that needs to be addressed. Hey, all good ideas. Like it? All good ideas. I would just say this. Brainstorming season is over. Get to work. Get something done. Figure out if the NCAA is still going to be in charge of this, or Gene Smith, is it you? Is it Joe Castiglione? Is it a co- collection of athletic directors? Are you going to have a board? Is are, are these conferences going to govern themselves? And don't take two years to figure this out. I mean, it is time to get this done now. This is the most pressing issue in college athletics. Is it the NCAA still handling this, or are you going to take governance over yourselves this cannot be the ints 
from Lord of the Rings discussing this thing. This is not let's talk and tree talk and figure this thing out over the course of months. It's got to get done quick. Can we carve out a segment for tomorrow? If I were the czar of college football or whatever it might be, what would it look like? And I'm, listen, I'm not campaigning for it, nor is Josh, but I think we have some ideas because, as you said, brainstorming season is over. Gene Smith went as far as saying he shared his idea with some of his peers and has received mixed reviews. Quote, the CFP model needs to be looked at differently. As we consider expansion, we ought to consider the structure. The reality is we need to begin to control our own space. We've got to make sure we're careful with antitrust, but at the end of the, end of the day, we need different rules. Colorado AD Rick George says he's been saying that for years that college football needs someone to oversee the sport in the same way college basketball is run with Dan Gavitt, who is a senior vice president at the NCAA. Quote, college football needs the same thing. Sure it does. And by the way, you're still going to make mistakes. That job's going to suck. I don't know how it was like, oh, dude, I'd be the president of college football. It'd be great. No, when it's going to suck. It's going to be a terrible job. It's going to be a profitable one, but you're going to have so many because you've got to become the Roger Goodell. You've got to become the Gary Bettman. You've got to be the bad guy. Someone has to be the bad guy for college football. Everybody hates you. You Why? are the hated entity. Because you're there to take bullets. You're the one that's going to tell Lincoln Riley, hey, You've got a six-game ban for contacting that dude while he's before he's in the portal. And I'm, also, you've lost five scholarships. Right. And guess what? You can't go off campus. Tampering is now a level one violation. And also, you can't use your jet anymore. <laughs> just kidding. You know what else? One. You know what else I'm going to tell you right now? You still got to wear OU gear. Sorry, it's just the rules. And also, you need to inform us, what is the lifestyle change in California that was so important for your family? Right. I need to know all this. But I'm just, I'm serious. It's... You know, you're going to be a bad guy. Yep. And you're going to have to be. To be successful, yes. To have it in, but you also have to be working in the best interest of the sport. And I don't know how that's going to work whenever you have this quote-unquote, oh, what do they call the AC, the alliance that already had so much infighting that it's, it's basically already broke apart. I mean, the week after the alliance – Oh, the Alliance. Who was it? Ohio State and LSU announced a scheduling agreement or right. someone from the Big Ten with the SEC. You're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. What's going on? Uh, we here? were led to believe they would not be scheduling so you, outside the Alliance. You're in a situation where you're – boy, we're really going long on this. I'm sorry. But you're in a situation where you're diving into something that every conference is going to feel like, hey, we – We've got the national champs over the last four or five years. We we should be getting an advantage here, or this this shouldn't apply to us. But everyone's going to have to come to the realization that there are going to be rules. Bob Stoops said it right here on the station yesterday. We've said it um, an, infi- an, an infinite amount of times on this program so far today. Every single levels has some sort of guidance of when you can contact. College allegedly does. But unfortunately, the rules-making entity really did truly tap out at the most important time for NIL. And that's unfortunate. And now we're all sitting around scrambling to see if this is something that can be rectified. 
You guys have been really good on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. So um, I'll get a couple of the best ones before we get out of here next. 405-651-3439. Or you can hit us up on Twitter, at Plank Show, at Josh on Ref. By the way, one note, so we're not just sitting here going indefinitely on this story. The NFL did announce the remaining international games on its schedule. Uh, the New York Giants will play the Green Bay Packers at Tottenham Spurs Stadium in London on October 9th at 8.30 in the morning. The San Francisco 49ers will play the Arizona Cardinals on Monday Night Football in November in Mexico City. I, why did I think the Chiefs were in that game? Was that? That was a while back, right? Chiefs will not play any foreign games. We only play in Arrowhead and in the contiguous United States. Um, Viking Saints, October 2nd in London. Broncos Jaguars, October 30th in London. And in Munich on November 13th, Seahawks and Buccaneers. Breaking news. All right, um, 11.36, let's get a break. Your text will take us home next. It's the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. He's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Hour 3 brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Locally, lo- uh, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call Josh at Roof Tech for all your roofing needs. 405-703-4245. You look intrigued. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Plank Show. I Final like, hour. I like the look on Josh's face. It's brought like, to us by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Give Josh Tucker and Co. a call. At Roof Tech, 405-703-4245. So Tyler posted yesterday. Oh, go ahead. The Seven Nation Army song that gets played before kickoff. Right. If you could change it, would you change it? What are your submissions? Kings of Leon, of course, has the Oklahoma tie. Right. And somebody suggested Super Soaker, this song, as a submission for pre-kickoff. Yay, nay, where do you stand? Um... uh... Would you like me to restart it for you? I heard it. I heard it. Um, I think there's better submissions, but I don't want to say anything negative because one of the Kings of Leon guys followed me on on Twitter. So, And we are big Kings of well, Leon stands. big stand for Kings of Leon. I just – Seven Nation Army, though, does get played at every high school football game. Right. And that kind of kills it a little bit for me. Is there, is there a, a country song that's got Oklahoma in it that we can try to get everyone singing together like Dixieland Delight at Alabama? Oklahoma Breakdown, I mean. Um, it's a good song, but I just – I mean, that's right before kickoff, right? Yeah, you that's need, not, not really a kickoff song. I guess we can't do – That'd be cool to play at some point every game in the middle of the game at some point, though. Yeah, it would be. So it's going to be hard if if we can just take a moment to go through the great entrance songs. It's really going to be hard to top. Sandstorm, you can't do that. Right. Virginia Tech, copyright, they've got it. Oh, is it an Enter Sandman? That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah. What's Sandstorm, though, is is another good one. Boy, that's you know what's kind of funny? Yeah, Kansas State has... (laughs) I always, you know what I always liked? Um, I, I I know this sounds goofy, and I think we've done this on the show before, but I always kind of liked a song that maybe everyone could get behind and like be cheering and singing together. And and I always loved that uh, Shinsei Nakamura entrance song. Have you ever heard? I think I've played it before on here before. You want me to pot it up? Yeah, pot it up here. 
like it gets going and there's a oh maybe even stone cold's music would be good i don't know see no you gotta have the you gotta have like the whole crowd behind it yeah and you can i don't know have things up on the video board like boomer sooner oh you like you can you could make it right. pretty cool right i mean what if you just broke the glass whenever they came out oh why would you have a commercial in front of this how dare you what internet? if what if after there's only one oklahoma all of a sudden this hits and also you just see the, the guy walking little bow legged coming down the hall stone cold steve austin by God, we're coming out here, and we're going to beat the Mountaineers. Can I get a hell yeah? And everyone's just going crazy. And it's like, OU 316. Sooners 316 says, I just whipped your backside. I don't know. Might not be bad. I could I could, I could, get talked into it, I think. That'd be my, that'd be my submission. It's a little corny, but sure, I, why not? I think I'm here for it. Is there anything cornier, though, than going with what everyone else does, right? Well, well we're, we're, right. Hold on. i got to go to this now. I forgot what we're going to do. Oh, we're going to read text messages. we got time. I didn't see any of the really good submissions, so let me let me go back in time. And thanks to the beauty of, of Twitter, um, at KREF Sports would be the Twitter feed, where you can find some of our stuff with the great – Grace Lyons from earlier today. Gosh. Oh, here you go. In the air tonight would be cool for a night game and only night games in Norman. Um, poof. Yeah, that's true. Someone was talking about um, wanting to bring back Gary Glitter. I think that's – I think as you've noticed in most sports things, dun, 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 eh, it's kind of like been – Usher decide. There's been a few. Been a Chiefs few still issues. do that? I don't think so. Do they? I'm pretty sure. Chase yeah. Brown, do they still do it? I think on college campuses, though, based on the man who wrote the song and performed it, somebody said Creed Higher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. Do we want to chase everyone away? It's got to be rock, right? From who the from whom the bell tolls is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Though I will say, the Seven Nation Army thing has ended up being kind of cool because it's not just dun 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 dun. I can't believe I'm doing this on the air right now. Uh, but they do they do do the O U O U. I have U. to tell you. Go ahead. My heart was so warm and full yesterday. When one of the replies in that thread was, well, what about Tarzan Boy? <laughs> it's like, yes, Tarzan Boy, yes. Would make no sense as an entrance song, but hey, whatever. R.I.P. Baltimore. Apparently he got a little touch of the pneumonia. Yeah, it's kind of it's tough, right? Because I kind of think that I think it, it, it works out okay. Has there been a suggestion to, to change it and I'm just late to the party on it or is this Tyler being the creative mind that we know just he is? the creative juices of one Tyler McComas at work which he knows how to he knows how to drive these engagements people it's the key man engagement, he is talented at what he does engagement um that's a great question I don't know uh any tool song for Teddy 
Teddy did go see Tool in concert. I'm very jealous about that. Uh, there you go, Jungle Boy. <laughs> Triple H is time to play the game. That might not be bad. Might not be bad. Um, how about in the air tonight? Walk out on the drums. Oh, that's right. We only played 11 a.m. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. It'd be cool we- if you reserve that strictly for night games. These are texts off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Lunatic Fringe is a great entrance song. That's all about timing, though. And I, I think the coolness of that in UFC is, is just in the timing of the walkout. It's like Sunshine is awesome because of UFC, and that's what Anderson Silva came out to. Ain't no sunshine when it's on. And also like, oh, here comes Anderson Silva. I don't Bill know that, that translates to – it's not, it was the DMX remake of it. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, that, was that it, probably took quite a turn. It did take quite a turn. There's a lot of MFers in there. I was a little bit not prepared for that. Um, There's a good submission for what they should come out to. Anything DMX. <laughs> All right. A little bit – probably not super family friendly. Wasted years by Iron Maiden. Welcome to the Jungle wouldn't be bad. Would be cool. That'd be pretty good. Anyway, you're going to hit us up on Twitter at – Ref Sports. Wait, sorry. At KREF K-R-E Sports. At some point, I'll figure out our new Twitter handle. Um, all right. A uh, lot of really good texts, and I'm sitting here talking about entrance songs. So let's wrap this show up with your thoughts. <laughs> That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Can we call that the news? We can, we can call it the news. You know, some other folks suggested the players should get to vote on it, and I would just like to publicly state, no, no. we cannot trust them with this. Cannot. Sorry. I've no, just can't do it. I've had to sit on a softball bus and I've heard their playlist. You don't want to put this up to the players. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, quick break. We're back to wrapping it up and get you ready for Steely and Thune next. A couple of uh, quick air comfort solutions text before we get out of here. I just want to say thanks, guys. Um, it's really been good. On a day when I desperately needed you, you came through for me. So thank you. Thank you. Um, I know this might not mean much from the 918. But I just got a notification from Bleacher Report that Bryce Young and Addison are working out together. Maybe something to keep an eye on. Hmm. I mean, we just kind of assume everything is USC-related, but I'm sure there's other teams involved. Lest we remember, writes the 405 Mule Shoe, what comes around goes around. He will make a mistake that will cost him dearly. Um, Dodger Blaine writes, Dusty Baker was one of four Dodgers to hit more than 40 home runs in the <clears throat> Dusty Baker was one of four Dodgers to hit more than 30 home runs in the same season. Oh, Dodger Blaine, let me see how I do here. There's only been four Dodgers to hit more than 30 home runs in the same season. That doesn't seem right. But as in see, I, I read that text. I didn't understand what it meant. There's got to be more than four Dodgers that in have the had history. 30 home run seasons. Maybe a minute in one year, home run season. Yeah, like, like four different players in one season. Is that what he's saying? It's got to be. It's got to be. But, again, I'm not fast enough on Google to figure this out. And Dodger Blaine, you and I are the only ones that truly care about this as diehard Dodger fans. Well, take that, San Francisco Giants. You like that? I, I care just from the standpoint of I, I want to know what right. it means now. Um, 
But yes, yeah, generally speaking, nobody listening cares that much. I, I do have to laugh at this from the five eight zero, who is <laughs> who is hilarious in some of his texts so far to the show and, and others. You guys need a woman with a pleasant voice to do sports updates with techno music playing in the background. That would make your show syndication quality. Sincerely, Colin Coward. And then I need to then I need to drop bombs on athletes for being selfish and only caring about themselves while then employing Draymond Green to basically do that exact same thing. Hypocrisy is amazing. Do you think Joy Taylor will be sending a thank you card to Colin every Christmas? Probably so. Probably so. That way she can continue to host that awful radio show. Bless her heart. Um, USC has a billionaire donor gifted the use of a private jet to Muleshoe, paid for his homes in Norman, and probably paid for most of the house on the coast. Until OU and other schools have super wealthy donors, we will always have people willing to leave for a big payday. I don't know about you, but I don't see that in BV. I don't see that in Brent Venables. Yeah, there's always going to be people coming after your guys. That's the reality of it. I don't think you need a billionaire donor to be competitive in college football. But it sure would help if any of you want to sign up. You know who else needs a billionaire donor? This program. Join us, won't you? At Josh on Ref, at Plank Show, we're taking your submissions right now. Have a great Wednesday, everyone. I'm back from 1 to 5 a.m. on most of these same radio stations. Stealing Thune at noon or next.